The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant, 7 to 10 a.m. Five minutes past nine, you are with SFM 104-107. If you have just joined us, what did you miss in the last hour? Well, in our word domination feature, you missed the poetry of Vusmus Pakati. We also chatted to author and poet and translator Sandile Ngide as he spoke about Lewis and Corsi, the author, uh, highlighting the book Mating Birds, but specifically focusing on a book that has been launched by Mistra. And the book is a deep dive into culture, identity. It's called um, Mintiro Yavulavula, Arts, National Identities and Democracy in South Africa. A fascinating read on who we are in terms of our identity and culture. Well worth checking out as well. We also found out about mentorship. If you are a young woman and you feel like you need some mentorship, here's an opportunity. You need to send a page to michelle at brownpr.co.za in Port Elizabeth, and she will align you with a mentor, the likes of Yvonne Chaka Chaka, Dorian Wheel, and many, many more. And finally, we spoke to a young student who is making inroads into work creation for other young people. As well, an absolute delight. We're going to kick off though with the first song of our guest presenter, and then when we come back, we'll tell you who he is. Ten past nine, and that's the first song of our guest presenter. What is it? Black Coffee featuring the one and only Msaki. And Wish You Were Here. Seems kind of appropriate given that it is Valentine's Day. So let me take you back a good many years to one of the years that I went to Opikopi. And I met a young man at the time, and I think he was still at uh, University of Pretoria, Teresho Selesho. He was working with the Opikopi team and uh, expanding the brand and just really getting into the music at uh, Opikopi. Skip a few years, skip a few beats, and suddenly he is the head of Matchbox Live, the creative director of CEO of Matchbox Live, and he is a creative entrepreneur who oversees or certainly is um, the CEO of Opikopi, and he is doing all sorts of incredible work, not just around the country, but around the world as well. Teresho Selesho, thank you so much for joining us. Teresho, are you there? Okay. We've just lost him. Oh, you know, and that was such a good kind of like intro to the man, I thought, you know, like just really getting it. So just to give you some insight, he originates from Elam Lumpopo. He's a creative entrepreneur. He's the CEO, as I said, of Matchbox Live and is involved in um, entertainment, communication, hospitality industries. Much challenge, of course, during COVID. So the question is, when someone is in that particular space, what do we do? Where do we go? And how do we shift and change or use that uh, terrible word, 
pivot into something that's absolutely different and critical in order to make a difference. So that's going to be our guest presenter. We'll be chatting to him. We'll also be chatting to two of his guests. His uh, guests are Matsela Alexander, who works or owns Diaro Living, which is a creative lifestyle consultancy. So we'll find out a little bit more about that. And we'll talk to his other guest as well. The Jet Set Breakfast on SAFM. Destination unknown. So we go back to our guest. Sorry about that. You know, sometimes technology is the black hole of the 21st century and not uh, the future as it should be. Teresha, thank you so much for joining us. Madame Michelle, how are you doing? (laughs) I was just saying, and I don't know if you heard, that... uh, I took us back to very, very early days where I think you were still a student at the University of Pretoria, but uh, (laughs) working part-time or probably working full-time, but just not uh, dealing with it at the university. Um, Yes. At Opikopi. So take us way back when to uh, those young days. (laughs) Those young, bright, dark days at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. I studied uh, at the University of Pretoria. I studied international relations out there. I was probably studying part-time and doing everything else full-time as well. So I used to be part of a RAG where we used to do multiple types of events and projects to raise funds for charities for the homes in and around Pretoria and Gauteng that we supported. So my portfolio was hosting events and music events for students. So the spring days the all weeks. So we used to book multiple bands and DJs throughout the year. And I started working with a company called Opikopi Productions. Uh, as students, we were not allowed to sign contracts on behalf of artists or suppliers. So that's where I started building that relationship. And during the holidays, we used to go to the Opikopi farm to get more training. I'll call it an inverted commas training <laughs> as well <laughs> on, on how to run large music productions as well. Opikopi has always had a long-standing relationship with the student community, the SRC at the university, where every single year for over two to three decades, different students were sent to the farm for training and development for the projects that we used to do at the university. So that's where that relationship started. And then I kind of (laughs) stuck and I stayed. I liked it when I got there and I stayed you know, what's interesting about you, Teresho, and really this is so much a conversation about entrepreneurship and the entertainment sector, but what strikes me about it is that you did spend some time in an advertising agency. You went to work for Ogilvy, and yet that appears to have just fed your desire even more to work as an independent. Sure. So I think my journey has been an interesting one. Having studied to be a diplomat, uh, I had dreams of flying all over the world and doing amazing things. But I didn't want to get into politics because I found that that equation locally included politicking and party politics, which I was not too interested in in my younger days as well. So I started working at Opikopi from handing out flyers to being a production manager, tour managers, toured with various artists to running the festival and project managing the festival itself and other multiple events that we we used to produce around the country, which was great life experience more than anything. And then I got the opportunity to go to Ogilvy because I wanted to see what's on the other side. What is the 
what's on the corporate other side world. of the world, the, the corporate world. The so dark world of corporate <laughs> the <dark> business. World. <laughs> yes. And you were actually the plug for that conversation, if you remember. No, we I didn't. We were at the Cape Town City Hall doing yeah. design in Dava. Oh, yes. And we went to check out uh, speed dating for young entrepreneurs. I you connected me that. with AB. Yes. And we had a drink at the bar and AB gave me his card and said, call me on Monday, which I didn't. And he called me on Monday to say... <laughs> on, I was serious about that conversation for you to try and come and join Ogilvy. He was the new CEO right. at Ogilvy. Yeah. And that's how my Ogilvy journey started. And I spent amazing time at Ogilvy, yeah. four and a half years, which was great as well. I was given a lot of freedom to build a an independent unit that I could run within the Ogilvy group because the, a lot of the brands wanted to connect uh, on a on a cultural level with with young people and different uh, entrepreneurial journeys, which they currently at that point they didn't have because it was such a very traditional space that they were running as as a business. So I was given a bit of flexibility to build this unit and explore and work between strategy, creative, and executing the things that we were doing at that time. And I had a very good time at that uh, at the agency as well. And once you are part of Ogilvy, you don't really leave. <laughs> Even if you go anywhere else, it feels like a, a family as well. Yeah. More like what Opikopi is to me, plus Ogilvy as well. We're still yeah. very connected with, with those two businesses uh, in my life. So, Teresho, you know, you, you, you say that there are these families. What you also raise is this idea of, of the network in society. The ecosystem, sure. the expanding ecosystem, the expanding network, and the value that that has for someone like yourself. Talk to us about how one expands on that and how you have, over the years, grown your network, your ecosystem, and what it's offered you. Sure. I think what centers it for me is just generally being interested in people. Before it's a network, before it's hmm. a plug, is just being genuinely interested in people and people's growth, because which feeds my growth at the same time, and nurturing those relationships throughout time. Things change, as we've all learned. Things will always move and evolve, and we grow and we move around. But I'm a very firm believer of nurturing relationships wherever I'm at, in whichever business or project, because it's part of my journey. You never lose that experience or those relationships unless it really becomes messy as well then you can you can cut what you need to cut but i'm a firm believer in nurturing those relationships yeah and the networks that i have and that has served me so very well over my young career is managing and nurturing the network that i've created as well i recently did uh i work with a visual artist nelson magamo yes which we've launched a a venture together with another partner of ours Matzela, that we'll speak to a bit later and it was it was a proud moment for me to be able to invite Nunun Jingela, who was my chairman at Ogilvy, and AB, and a few other people that I, were my ex-bosses to come and see <laughs> what I'm up to now yeah. around the dinner table as well. And that's just testament to me nurturing those relationships. We don't work together anymore, and it's been quite some time since we've been in each other's company. But they honored me with their presence, and we had an amazing dinner together to see what we're currently up to. 
You know, you mentioned um, Nelson Macamo, and I know that Black Coffee is also part of that particular project. You played the first track, uh, Black Coffee, the featuring featuring Msaki, as your first track. Tell sure. us a little bit about that uh, triangle, that triumvirate of power. <laughs> <laughs> that is a triumvirate of, of power. So they three gents came together to launch an initiative called FAM, which is Fashion Art Music, with uh, the vision of building an academic institution for creatives in the disciplines of fashion, art, and music. This was launched at Design in Dava in 2017. In 2018, they then acquired a building together. They put an offer on a building together and moved their various business operation into one building called House 160. So yes. the three businesses, Makosa, uh, that is run by Latuma, owned and run by Latuma, Mogolo, Black Coffee, and Nelson Makamo operate from House 160. And it's a, it's a cultural hub more than anything. They are, they are mavericks in their own different spaces and cultural leaders. And it's a big vision and a very audacious vision. And currently things are going and pushing, pushing on well as well. But the first step was for them to to acquire that building and move their operations into one space as well. So just to, as a testament that creatives can run their own establishments and their own spaces and push forward as well. Because if you're going to just start a little business and depend on funding and all sorts of other specters, we never take charge of our own destinies if you're going to do that. So if you first bet on yourself... It just unlocks a lot more other value from other people hmm. that you, you want to work a journey with as well. That's what I believe. I love that line. If you first bet mm. on yourself. I think we all need to start betting yeah. on ourselves. Teresha, we're going to go yeah. to your second song. You've uh, chosen uh, the track by Tom Mish and Yusuf Days. Tell us about it. Yep. So Tom Mish we brought out to South Africa about four years ago. English kid. He was 23 years old, I think, when he, we brought him out. Very musical, very talented, and he was so blown. He was a SoundCloud artist. No radio station was playing Tom Mish's music before we brought him out. Because there's what used to be what we call subculture is now culture. People are very connected. People want to hear different sounds, and they explore. And we managed to sell out a show with him at One Fox. And he was in tears after that particular <laughs> performance because he had people were singing to his guitar riffs. That's yeah. how crazy it was for him to be in South Africa for the first time, in Jersey for the first time. He was just blown away. So this is a an album that he worked with Yusuf Days. And this is one of my favorite tracks that they released last year as well, which is an amazing track because it's got multiple influences from jazz, a bit of rock and roll, a bit of drum and bass, but it's very soulful. And I like the I like the two gents in that they uh, they allow themselves to be vulnerable in the music that they make. It's not necessarily mainstream, but they've managed to create a sound that is has created a, a big audience for them, and which is is quite nice. It's a nice lesson for for all of us to put ourselves out there and just to create our own spaces in things that we believe in. So that's why I chose this particular track to play for you.
fabulous. Now, there's a song that's going to go into the Jet Set Breakfast archives. It's the choice of our guest presenter, Teresho Selesho, creative entrepreneur, CEO of Matchbox Live. The track is Tom Mish and Use of Days, and it's called Tidal Wave. The Jet Set Breakfast on SAFM, destination unknown. 9.35, and we're talking to our guest, Teresho Selesho, CEO of Matchbox Live. He works in the entertainment, communication, and hospitality industries. And, of course, these are industries that are under huge duress given the current COVID-19 experience. Nevertheless, Teresho, I want to read you an, an SMS that has come through on our line, if you don't mind. You're there, Teresho. I'm here, Mish. Great. And it comes from a Dr. Phil Mahuma, who's a family physician, but also a lecturer at the University of Pretoria. And he says, morning, Michelle. Your show is educational and inspirational. I have now popularized it at work. Colleagues get quizzed on the content of interest and win a small prize. They love it. Keep up the good work. So, Teresho, I am challenging you to uh, put out the question of quiz for uh, Dr. (laughs) Film. Dr. Mahuma, <laughs> game on. <laughs> uh, game on. What's the question going to be that he can quiz his colleagues with when he gets back to work tomorrow? What is the name of the track that I played, or one of the tracks that I played today from the English artist that we brought out to South Africa four years ago? Okay, well, there you go, Dr. Phil. Uh, this is over to you, and uh, we hope that your team can do it and win the small prize. Teresha, your first guess is Sibu Mabena. Uh, tell us about Sibu. Miss Mabenzo, Mabena. Mabena is a creative director, business owner, choreographer, uh, one of my colleagues, friends that's with an amazing work ethic. She's a bankable colleague. Whenever you need to get anything done, you can put it on her desk and it will get done with whatever condition that we're operating in as well. She's built and is currently building an amazing business, which is a it's a new age agency which strikes through talent management, creative, media. And I think she's going to revolutionize the way that creativity works in South Africa, how we manage and grow our talent in South Africa, and how we commercialize the creative industry in South Africa. And I wanted to have a conversation with her today to just big her up to say, we see you, Mabena, and all the very best as you're chilling up your jet so that you can orbit in outer space. All right. She's on the line. Spoo, Mabena, thank you so much for joining us. Oh my goodness. This is, this is the best thing I've heard about in a in a long time. Uh. <laughs> I'm so elated at this description of me. I I couldn't even think of those kind of words to describe me. Wow, Teresha. Wow. <laughs> So I want to for an early Sunday morning. Hello. Yeah, it's, it's a big, big, big shout out. So if I look at your CV, it's a there's a whole lot of things there. There's um. Uh, the Metro FM Awards, there's working on MTV Base, there's uh, the South African Breweries Conference. The list goes on, which puts a question that I'd love to chat to both of you about. I just saw that Nicole Wills on Twitter tweeted, um, my Facebook memories tell me that we went to U2 at Soccer City 10 years ago. Remember when... Cons- oh, when remember when... The 360 tour. <gasps> yep. What a beauty. It was a beauty, that one, hey? 
And she says, remember when concerts were a thing? And I want to suppose ask both of you, given how the world has changed so dramatically, how are you looking at uh, what, Teresha, you call changing the face of creativity? I think uh, the current, yeah. if I jump in, be, the current situation has forced us to just reboot and relook everything as well and fast track some of the things that we thought we were going to do much later and the infamous digital world and digitization of everything. But at the same time, people still want to connect with things that are real as well. And the one thing that has kept me going and has kept quite a number of my creatives or friends going is just keeping on creating and finding new ways of putting that work out to people as well. We might not have the privilege of having large audiences directly in front of us, but yeah. we have to force ourselves to find new ways of getting the work out because mm. that is the business that we are in. And then how we best commercialize that to keep our industries going. Yeah. And and also just to, to jump in there, I think one of the, the great things about this time, I mean, considering all the bad things about this time, is we're finally as creators challenged to um, innovate and think up really cool ways of doing things. So everything we were like, uh, not keen on doing because it wasn't going to be as big as we're now we now have the opportunity to to bring that to life so i'll give you an example so Mizi launched a shoe on thursday and our challenge was how do we launch something in a covid friendly manner um and in a way that people wouldn't come for us and you know thinking that celebrities are getting away with murder but we <laughs> put together a drive-through event and it was so it was the launching of a shoe and we had people on guests on, on golf carts, sorry, our guests on golf carts and they were driving through the event as if they were at a fast food drive through and get to see the shoe and experience the shoe and then collect the shoe and leave in and out within 15 minutes. But the execution was insane. We were trending at number one and every celebrity that was in that space couldn't believe how we pulled off this grandiose event with one person going through it at a time. So I think what this what this um, experience is allowing us to do is tap into our brains and figure out in the Zula Obligata all the creativity that we say we we are um, custodians of and we're able to produce. Now's the time to show it. So it's, it's a really interesting space to be in. You know, I hear you talk and I, I mean, I hear both of you talk and it's, it's quite clear that you're at the forefront of it. For someone who hasn't quite got that access or, and let's use the word agency, what would your suggestions be on that process and journey forward? Oh, research. The, the World Wide Web is the most beautiful place um, yeah. because it just gives us so much access to what is happening in the rest of the world. And I think for people who haven't had the privilege to get out of the South African borders, um, you're able to see what's going on beyond your space and your context by virtue of clicking on www.google.com. So yeah. there's so much to see out there and adapt or be inspired by. I'm definitely not um, advocating for copy and paste, but just look to see what other people are doing and be, and be inspired by that. It's really as simple as that because creativity has no blueprint. And anything you come up with, anything you create... Um, I think you're, you're at liberty to kind of ex expose that to the world and no one can judge you for it. They either like it or they don't, and that's that. So look to see what the rest of the world is doing, be inspired by it, create and execute. You know, I'm interested when I look at your CV, uh, Spoo, and then I think of Teresha, your CV as well. 
political science, international relations. It seems to me that uh, the famous um, PPI, philosophy, political science and international relations, is one that uh, is, is owned by creatives, actually, who then go off and do some crazy creative stuff. <laughs> I think so, because I think studying international relations with some commerce and varsity opened up my world to, to the world as well. Yeah. I come from a very small village in Nipopo called Shelly, and our biggest produce is Shomajosi, but my mind is not camping at Shelly Village as well. We are global players now, and it's a mentality more than anything for us to keep that mentality and spread it to as many young people as possible. So yeah. international relations politics helped me get to that place, and I really believe that creatives are the people that for this period that we are in and we're going in are going to change the world yeah creatives backed up with business minds is what is going to change the world as well going forward we've tried politics we've tried politicians we've tried economics and capitalism that's not going to be the formula that moves us forward i really believe that creativity and a good sound mind with that is also still about people genuinely about human beings is what's mm. going to move the world forward. Uh, but another thing... Yeah, go uh, for it. Sorry. Um, another thing about having gone to university and studied humanities, I think one of the most crucial things I learned out of that process was critical thinking. Um, in, in, in being challenged to see beyond uh, the theory and find ways to uh, um, kind of ideate solutions, yeah. that's adapted with our creative way of thinking... I suppose is one such a formula that could work for like is solving um, the world's problems and not finding a cure for cancer or leukemia. That let's leave that up to the scientists. But how do we gather people in order to aid that process? And once it is done, how do we amplify the existence of such a cure? And that's where we come into the fore as communicators, as creative communicators, to make things cool, make things palatable, make the sad stuff. Um, something that we can understand and comprehend and kind of change our mindset into a fresh perspective. So there's so many different things you learn from being in university and the process of being a student and then adapting that into the working world, regardless of what field you go into. You know, I'm interested in what, Teresha, what you mentioned now, this idea of like, um, old school capitalism, and and certainly the stuff that I've that I've been reading up about, which is intriguing me a lot, is this idea of what they call donut economics, post capitalism, new capitalism, um, you know, uh, bottom of the base uh, thing, economics and the like. If you had to, both of you, look at the world, because you are the ones who are going to own the world and already own the world. Um, if you look at that world and you look at the the way you would like to see it running, I mean. You've studied politics. You've studied international relations. Um, how would you like to see it? I mean, capitalism as a form in itself no longer seems to work. I'll jump in there. So I think it will be a combination of different different approaches as well. Yeah. Capitalism is going to be with us for a very long time. It's just the means to an end. It's still capitalism, but being human-centric is going to be core to how we deliver our future. Yeah. And also for young people to step up as well. So there's a lot that what is step up. What, is, what does step up mean? Just to not let 
the world's passers-by or history play out as well. So mm. it means being involved in politics. It means yeah. exactly that. And coming up with solutions that we believe in, that we can voice as well. Because the structures that currently exist are not really serving us well. I was in a, in a meeting with some of my partners who are all younger than me. For at, We do an event together at a creative place or a restaurant that we own in Pretoria. Yeah. On the on uh, Tuesday, and the environment that that group of young, driven people operate in as young entrepreneurs in South Africa is it, it breaks my heart when I realize that. At the same time, we're operating in an environment where we are procuring expiring vaccines and all sorts of things because we live in two parallel worlds. We're not involved in one space, and the yeah. only way that that can change is if we literally are involved in the process of moving things forward and not just exist in an economic world that is outside of politics as well. It has to be one world. I'll give you an example of my partners in Belgium who do a big festival called Spickle Pop. Yeah. They haven't been able to do that festival last year and I highly doubt that that festival is going to happen this year. They have created the biggest vaccination center in Belgium because they are the people who know best about organizing logistics <laughs> and organization of people in one space to get as many people through one process in voluminous amounts safely as well. And now they've just built the biggest vaccination center in Belgium at the moment. And these are just festival organizers. So. Locally, we'll probably be written off as the guys who create the groove or party goers or create the party. But <laughs> there's a lot of new young people and older people that are in the mix that there's a vast experience that exists within the creative community as well with critical thinkers, people who know how to manage logistics, people who know how to yeah. build businesses and people that are just daring because they're entrepreneurs. So a combination of that and politics or playing in the political space I think is what is going to help us move forward. Yeah, the we, question we, is, how, how do we meet each other at the table? That's the, that's the biggest challenge. Well, we're going to be talking about that on the show next Saturday, so listen up to that. Teresha, <laughs> I expect you to open up the, um, the, the centers for vaccination. I want to see your name on that as well, and Sibyl, yours as well. Sibyl, uh, we need to... We need we've, to l- we've already put a plan together that has been submitted. Good. That's what that. I like to hear. Nice one. I expect to hear that you guys are doing it. Sibyl, we need to leave you, but before you go, um, the shoe that you launched, what was it? Batu. So, funny story. Uh, I actually launched two shoes this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm really privileged to be working or in a space where I get to work with humans who send the elevator back down when they reach the top, you know. So, uh, on Thursday, we launched the Batu Times Somizi collaboration. Yeah. Um, so Theo Baloyi and Sumizi have collaborated to create a shoe um, and it was incredible and then just yesterday I'm actually on the way back from Venda with the team now uh, we launched the Drip store in Venda which is Legal Sehana's sixth store and Drip is an athleisure um, footwear um, brand and they, it's, it's a really great fashion sporty shoe where Batu is a super fashionable shoe and the two are taking over the South African footwear space I believe um, and are two really great black owned businesses young and they are employers of collectively over 220 people I would say and as an agency we were able to form part of the marketing team to amplify all of these launches and we were trending at number one yesterday and three different hashtags for drip 
drip foot wet, drip and vendor. And on the other hand, on Thursday, with Bati Time Kuwizi, that went wild. So that's what we're doing right now. And then I'm back to work. Well, <laughs> we love... the car on my laptop and the everything. We continue with all the crazy things that we're doing throughout the year. We yeah. love the beautiful Batu mesh. I've got a pair and I'm a big, big fan. So send us uh, images of the other athleisure, the drip leisure uh, shoes. We'd love to check those ones out as well. Teresha, your second guest, Matsela Alexander. You mentioned Matsela earlier uh, as one of your partners uh, working in the creative lifestyle uh, space. Talk to us about that partnership. Oh, Matsela. Matsela is a... <laughs> is a co- is an anchor in many ways in uh, in my life at the moment. She owns a store called Hers, He's, and Home, and she's a lifestyle designer. That's what she used to be. She also owns a coffee shop with amazing coffee. They roast their own beans called Goat Coffee. She's yeah. also Magamu's manager, and she we are involved in a venture together in the Nelson Magamu Studios. That is the entity, the commercial entity that runs the the art business and the the various projects that we're currently running that we'll touch base on now as well. So we are partners in that regard. And I am for the creative space, but the creative space is also kept upright by people like Magdala, who have got multiple types of experiences and that bring a commercial mind to the table in order to future-proof the creative businesses that we all run so that they don't just become uh, pie-in-the-sky type ideas Mm. as well, so that we can build businesses that can sustain economic tough times like we currently have, plus grow other younger businesses and get people within the creative industry for us to be able to be the generation that captures what we end up calling culture Hmm. for the moment in time that we're currently living in. So that's why I got Matila on the line for us to have a quick chat to big her up and to just keep her her fire going as well. She's an inspiration and I'm privileged to have her as a colleague for us while we're walking this journey and while we're building and doing amazing things together. Matila, the praise uh, swings (laughs) your way. (laughs) Hi, good morning. Good morning. Young Matila. Hey, he has it. (laughs) Sure. So, you know, um, Marcella, and, and Teresha, I suppose it applies to you as well, this idea of so many different hustles, you know, there's, mm. there's a consultancy, there's a management, I love the, the coffee brewing side of it. There's obviously a golden thread. I mean, if this was like a PhD paper, they would say, where is your golden thread? Mm. <laughs> and I'd love to know from both of you, what is your golden thread with so many hustles uh, in the space? Um, I think Teresa likes to call me the person that connects the dots. So the dot connector. So you are the golden thread. Um, (laughs) So I think that if to to summarize what a golden thread, that could be that. But when you connect dots, it's not only connecting people. It's also um, solving, trying to solve problems of society. And it's not big problems. This is just spaces that we live in every single day where you realize and recognize that they they're spaces, yes, and they're amazing. And South Africa is one of the most fortunate countries on the continent to have um, amazing infrastructure. But at the same time, you realize that infrastructure does not cater for me as mm. an Africa, a black African, um, and I would even say female. Yeah. So 
if then I go ahead and I want to start a lifestyle store or be an interior decorator, you're the only one at the table. Um, I mean, there was a po- there was a point I think five years ago where I was, you know, only three interior decorators in South Africa, which is ridiculous. Um, so when 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 you see those spaces and those gaps, you're like, you know what? There is we've got amazing coffee shops in South Africa everywhere, you know. Yeah. But we don't have a black-owned coffee shop. Um, we've got amazing lifestyle stores, but we don't have a black-owned lifestyle store. So for me, that's the point that, I mean, I, that, I feel like that is my mission, to create and start businesses that will employ people, first of all, and to also fill a gap, just so that it becomes normal for my daughter and Teresha's kids and all our children yeah. to go to town or go to Rosebank and recognize that, oh, there's a coffee shop, but it actually is owned by somebody that looks like me. So that's kind of part of my mission. I want to just quickly take you to something, Matsele. You talk about spaces and and curating Mm. spaces. Mm. This is particularly critical now, given how much time we actually spend in our own spaces Mm. with COVID. How's that working for you? So I'm I'm inundated, first of all. Great. Um, So I think the construction industry has, I mean, seen an amazing boom. Construction, interior design, architects, uh, interior decorating, anything in that in that whole supply chain has seen a, has seen a big boom since June last year. Um, and people, I think because for the first time in a very long time, we've got time to pause, be in our spaces and actually live with our surroundings, that people realize that, oh, there is something that we need to do about making our places comfortable. Yeah. We've been kind of living to, coming home to sleep, waking up and going, spending our time at yeah. work, after work drinks or meetings late and weekends we drive out or we fly out to different destinations. And so for the first time we had to live in a place that we felt, oh, my culture is not that comfortable or my walls are a little bit bare. I'd like to see some artwork and not just wall art, like real art. Yeah. Um, so that then in turn went into the art industry where people, new collectors, people that have never entertained looking at art pieces and not just decorative art, um, yeah. we started, that That business also started booming um, in, in, in different spheres as well. Um, so yeah, I think people are looking, are starting to look within. It starts with the immediate space where you live, what, what surrounds you on a, on a daily basis. Um, yeah, and then, and then, and then that's, that's what that's what people are concentrating on, I, I feel. Um, okay. We need to kind of close off. So, Teresha, I'm going to give the last word to you. And, um, you know, I love uh, Dr. Phil Mahuma has uh, sent a message back, Dr. Phil, to say that he wants to say thank you, Teresha, so much for your question. But he loves the work that, um, you know, that a positive-minded person like yourself is doing. And, Teresha, I want you to... To shrink your world slightly and shrink it to your own personal space and the positivity that you draw out of it and that you think others could learn from it as well. Give us that a small insight into that. <laughs> I think what, if I have to shrink it to where I'm at at the moment, would be to stay dreaming yeah. and just keep the spirit of being audacious and surrounding yourself with people that are audacious to do the things that they want to do, that they need to do, that make them happy as well. And just to stay in the ring. Yeah. More than anything. is We run businesses, we live and work with
colleagues, friends, and we've got families. We live real lives with real challenges and with real realities, and we find great pleasure in the things that we do. And I wish that for as many young African people as possible in order to to be able to have a life like that where it's, uh, it's a labor of love. Yeah. Serves you, serves your lifestyle, and serves everything that you do as well, so that it's not just a job. So it is an option to to live, to do life this way. And the only way that we can keep on doing that is stay dreaming and stay in the ring. Stay dreaming and stay in the ring. I think that sounds like an amazing way to end the show. Teresha Salesha, thank you so much for joining us. That's it from us here on the Jet Set Breakfast. We are finished. Three hours. We'll be back again next week. Same time, same place. It's no longer good morning. It's 10 o'clock, which means it's goodbye.